0: What's going on, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to another episode of the Unfiltered Experience, where we are here to have unfiltered conversations designed to move you and your confidence and everything else about your life forward so that you can sit there and take action and not have any regrets. I am Christopher Roush. I am your No Excuses coach, and it's Friday night. I'm joined here by my brother from another mother. What's up, mister? What's your name? Tell everybody your name, Mr. Mister Goyette. Scott Goyette,
1: yeah. A little bit, been been sick all week, but I'm happy to be here. This is If I'm going to get out of bed, I'm going to do it for this.
0: There you go. Yeah, you just got to go love now. That's what it says right behind you. You got to oh, love really? yourself right now with the vitamin B and the the vitamin B12 and the vitamin C and all that stuff, right?
1: Zinc, D, all of it just pounding in my body. So I do that, I teach, I coach, and I go back to bed. <laughs> because you're again. unstoppable. I show up for the people that I promised I'd be there for and the rest of the people I'm like I'll be back in a week or two.
0: <laughs> well, good. I mean, you got to take care of yourself. You're constantly running. You're, you're constantly giving to everybody of yourself. I mean, that's kind of what we're talking about tonight is the fact of, you know, enablers in our lives. You know, sometimes we have to be strong within our boundaries for both ourselves and for the people that we have within our inner circle. Talk to us about, about that, Scott. Obviously, we, we kind of told people if you guys are just jo- joining us and tuning in, uh, we're kind of just Scott and I are trading off week to week about what we want to talk about. And so Scott brought this one up here. So tonight, I'm kind of excited to, to delve into his mind to talk about enablers. So what was the reason that this uh, came to the forefront of your mind, man?
1: So, you know, 99% of the things we talk about really just come from coaching. You're talking to clients. There's always that thing that's on the table that everyone's talking about. And then it turns into a podcast and a discussion. And <laughs> that's point, true. It is. It is. It's a, it's a problem. We find an opportunity. We create a solution. We discuss in the podcast or through some other vehicle or whether it's a speech or whatever. you end up doing that. And the one that just really come up a lot for me, and I think that we have a big indicator that this is a massive topic um, we look at the divorce rate in the US right now compared to what it was. It seems like people are moving away from, you know, I don't want to say loyalty, I don't want to like call people out on, on that term, but it almost feels like people in their awakening are starting to become more loyal to self, more authentic, but they've already partnered up. And so, what I want to talk to the young people and those of us, young people don't have partners yet. And those of us who are in relationships, is there any way that we can elevate with a partner that might be an enabler? I wanna have a discussion around that because what happens is when we find a partner, whether we've realized it or not, very many of us had our heads down and we we're on autopilot because that's the way the world was. So we found somebody who really satisfies a need, a, vac- a vacant part of us. So if a woman feels like she's not smart enough and can't you know, make enough money she finds a man with money. And if a man fails, like he just isn't beautiful enough, he finds a pretty wife. And I'm just using two super obvious ones that people might pick that are total stereotypes. But whatever void we think we have, we try to find it in the other person. So you've got two people who are not whole yet. They have not done the inner work and they come together like a puzzle and say, now we're whole. The mm-hmm. problem is, you walk away over here, you're not whole anymore. You walk away over here, you're not whole. So you have two incomplete people blaming their lack of completeness on the other when they're not around. And it's really just our creation. So you have an enabler who's saying, It's okay, I'll take care of that. Don't worry, I've got you covered here. And it's all in the name of love. But is it really benefiting our growth? And a bigger question. As somebody's listening right now and it's triggering them, they're going, Oh shit, that's my relationship. Well, mm-hmm. I'm not leaving them. Well, what can we do to heal that now? Because mm-hmm. I'm not, not going to sit here and call out and say, Hey, everyone's relationship wasn't perfect to begin with, just quit it. I want to talk about the exact opposite. We've created a relationship with an enabler. Instead of staying on autopilot and being in status quo till the day we die and then living with a regret that I didn't become my fullest self. Two things: one, those are listening without a partner. Maybe do the inner work before you partner up. And two, what can we do with partners to stay together but separate enough to do that inner work and grow together?
0: Mm-hmm. I love that, Scott. Thank you. What's up, Nelly? We got Nelly from Hooked on Humanity yeah. joining the show. She says hello, y'all. What's up, Nelly? Thank you for being here. I want to also um, the big thing that we've been doing here on the show, and I've been just doing it in my own in my own life, Scott, is like is pulling apart like the, the, the verbiage that we're using in our, in our sentence structure and and the words that we use with ourselves to kind of like get a a benchmark of what it is that we're talking about. Cause sometimes Mm -hmm. we all have different meanings of something based on what we've experienced in our life. And so when I thought about this, when I thought about enabler, I'm like, okay, what is really an enabler? And when I looked it up online, I found a couple of places that had similar explanations. So that kind of led me to believe that that's a good one. So according to the internet, as if you will, and for everybody guys at home, I want you guys to hear this because it's very important. The term enabler generally describes someone whose behavior allows a loved one to continue self-destructive patterns of behavior. And so when I think about that, Scott, I mean, I've had experiences of that, even in being a coach, you know, having uh, not having the balls to say something to somebody that I care about to be able to say, hey, listen, you know, you're, you're continually shoot, shooting yourself in the foot by the choices that you're making with the food and intake of your, of your life or your alcohol or whatever it might be. My first question to think about you, Scott, and to think about this experience, has it been you that's been the enabler or did you experience somebody who was an enabler in your life? All of the above, all of the above. And, and
1: anybody who says otherwise is full of shit because we have our gaps. And, and then, of course, we have our strengths and we try to show everybody our strengths and be like, look at me, look at me, I'll take care of you. And then we get babysat in another area of our life. So, one of the things I would ask everybody to do is be deeply honest with self yeah. and just say, where is it that I feel incomplete? But when I lean next to my partner or a good friend or somebody, I feel like I'm whole. And, and I'm not saying that that's not a nice thing, connection is huge but what i'm asking you guys is we've allowed this world to be created like this and and i like that definition of enabler but i think i want to back it up even a little lighter so are those you know are we uh enhancing self-destructive behaviors or is it just the 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 beginning of that so is it you know somebody who's not strong and i become the strength for them do they all of a sudden fall into a space of maybe feeling so weak that they look in the mirror and they feel ugly, they become bulimic or, or whatever it is. I'm just, I'm exaggerating, but I want people to think, where does it start that I don't feel like I'm something. And instead of becoming that, which is my natural progression, I just find that in somebody else. So to the, to the point, Chris, to the question. Yeah. I mean, like some of the things, um, you know, I'll give you an example. I was very capable of paying my own bills You know, when I first came out of college. I paid my bills, did all the taxes, whatever. For some reason, I don't like doing that. And so I ran away from that. And now Kim does all that. What if Kim left? Or what would happen? I'd be like, who, who does that? Who does this? And, and I get it. Some people are going, no, that's great. So you have different roles in the marriage. To a point, is it a role? Is it something that you're doing? Or is it something that I'm so scared of You know, taking ownership in? That I've never become that part of me.
0: And mm, so that's a good point. I, I like that.
1: And, and again, that might even not be the perfect example because those are trade offs in, in jobs, but also is it, it creating some deficit in, in me as a whole? So, what I always like to think about, and this is why we talk about the importance of coaching or the inner work, you can do the inner work side by side it's more difficult because whenever something's not working you want to instantaneously blame the other or fall back into an old pattern but the value that can come out of it is immense so in a perfect world you do the inner work you isolate those things that you've been hiding from the shadow areas the things that are you call weaknesses but it's really a weakness because your uncle always said you're stupid so you didn't Mm -hmm. want to do anything intellectual or or you're you're fat so you never wanted to get in shape or you're you're a horrible athlete so You never tried, like whatever it was, we want to figure out, is this a factuality or is this something that's just a story in my head? And nine times out of ten, it's a story in my head. I never become complete. I look for somebody else to supplement it because of an old story. So doing the inner work can allow me to identify where those triggers are coming from that make me not believe in self, myself. And then I can heal. So two people are healed. Look at this. Look at the visual of this. Two healed people coming together together. Now there's no need to be together. There's an exponential creation that comes. It's two whole people that can just benefit the world who are supporting one another. That just becomes amazing. And there's not a lot of those people out there. We right. don't see those relationships. And when we do, we notice it. We're like, who the hell are they?
0: <laughs> you, you can feel the magnetic energy coming right. off of them. Right. You can just feel it. You're like, oh my God, yeah. it's disgusting. You guys are, you guys are genuinely that, that real love kind of thing. And the real love is because they're they're happy with themselves, and that way they bring the best to the relationship. And the real
1: love is complementary, not complimentary. So it's complimentary in the sense that um, I'm these things and I'm strong and I do this, and she's these things and she's strong and does this. And together, it's complimentary like angles. It just makes it, it just enhances it. And it's not constantly like, you're awesome, you're awesome, you're awesome. There's no need for me to validate her or her to validate me. Of course, we do it. The validation comes from the strength that happens when we're together. So I'd love to, uh, I want to get your take too. And if anybody has any questions or whatever, I'd really like to have a deep conversation around, not just what can we do to start um, doing the inner work if we're young, probably more importantly, I think more of our viewers want to know, what the hell do I do now? Because you're making me feel like this is my relationship. So Mm -hmm. let's talk about that. What can somebody do in this present moment? Because we're in our patterns, we're sitting next to each other, we're filling voids and we're not living to the fullest, in all honesty, 99 percent of people. So what do we do? Here we are. Instead of just telling somebody you did something wrong, what do we do now right the ship?
0: Well, I think I think that's a that's a beautiful thing. And before we get into that, Scott, I want to make sure. And I told you I was going to come at this from a from a more novice standpoint. Sure. I might know what an enabler it is, but the thing I was thinking about as you were just talking was thinking about how I can compare this to something else. Like what is this like? And the thing about I thought about was codependency. Talk to me about the difference between codependency and enabler and if they're the same or if they're different, because I can kind of see aspects of where they're different, but also I can see aspects of what the BIM being the same. So maybe if we help people understand that benchmark kind of there from there, um, what I've got here is I've got some uh, characteristics of an enabler. We could talk about that. But I think for me, the first one um, is definitely boundaries, which we can jump into that. But talk to us about the difference between an enabler and codependency.
1: Yeah, I mean, a codependent person is just really just hyper seeking a void fill. You know, like they're, they're they're seeking like, like, I I need this person to, to be functional. So that's probably like, I would, and again, like, I don't know the perfect definition of this, but I'm seeing codependency as, you know, to your point, the extreme of it. Like I need that person to be functional. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of us go into partnerships, um, finding an enabler really because we feel comfortable with that person. So the uncertainty from our own lives, or at least the illusion. So somebody um, is wealthy and the person partners up with a wealthy person. Now I don't have to think about that part. So it just feels good. It's not a horrible thing. It, it makes sense in the in the human world, but it might stunt your growth in so many areas. And then those two people are babysitting each other in different spaces rather than really amplifying growth. Where I think right. Code Fancy... I see there's a lot of... Um, you're just,
0: you're existing. You're just fighting to exist and survive yeah. as opposed to being like truly in the in the moment, like yeah. you say, right? You know, you're either you're either existing and fighting to stay alive, hoping someday that things are going to change when in actuality that someday is always within us to make yeah. those decisions that'll change the situations that we're in. It won't be easy, but it definitely is yeah. doable. Because <laughs> there's definitely, you know, plenty of
1: people who are enablers for one another who you watch and, and you mm-hmm. see the pattern play out and you're watching it and you love both people and you're like in so many ways they're elevating but the elevation is so limited by those spaces that they're filling so say for say for example I'll just give you an example of people in, in my actual life without naming names so if somebody is the kind of person who always waits till the last minute and always says maybe tomorrow I don't know yeah that's me like up yeah <laughs> not you <laughs> fuck with you you know i think i think it's a good idea like i don't know and then their partner never really challenges that, then that creates a big complacency. And imagine this. Imagine if that person got somebody who said, dude, just shut up. Like stop it. Just do it. <laughs> yep. That person's whole life will change. And I've watched people in my life utilize me as that challenger and then go, I like it, I like it. No.
0: Exactly. I, I like it, it. I like it until I don't, <laughs> right? Yep. Because it's scary,
1: it's challenging, it's uplifting, but it's uncomfortable. And people go find somebody who makes them who make them feel comfortable. And, and listen, I totally get it. Because at the end of the day, the world is hard enough. You want a place to find comfort? But if you really think about it, wouldn't you want the person closest to you to truly challenge you
0: and love you enough to do it? Hey, Amen. We had more of that shit going on in the world? Oh, my God. Like.
1: But But here's what I see. And again, what I see is the the people in my life. I'm always that person who will challenge you. I'm like, well, why are you doing that? Why are you doing that? And so they'll use me, and I shouldn't say use me. They'll they'll enjoy what what I'm bringing to the table, until they really just want to hide, and then they'll go back to their patterns. And I see this. I'm sure there's people doing the same to me. There there's somebody who's trying to you know teach me something. I'm going going going. No, I need to hide. Going going going. Need to hide. We're all doing it. So I think we just need to put the microscope on self figure out where is it that I've created this very comfortable existence you know around the idea of certainty even though certainty is bullshit anyway it's just an illusion itself but the idea of certainty and comfort instead of really leaning into those people are going to challenge me and help me grow because if this is a world that we're really supposed to live for the fullest live to the fullest and play big in which people keep saying I keep hearing it play big don't hold back. Be your authentic self. And they're saying the right things, but then when I look at their partners and the people around them and they're who they really are, I'm like, "You're barking bullshit because right. you're not backing it up."
0: Mm-hmm. And do i was just, I say, don't, "Don't do as I say. Don't as I don't do as I do."
1: Dude, I, I watch it so much. I'm gonna go on the big trip. I'm gonna do this. I'm definitely gonna be there. And I'm like, from Africa, going, "Yeah, sure you are. I'm here. You're not." Like just blah 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 blah. And then even the people who go big in one area, the area they really want to go big, they don't. So they'll keep showing you the area they're going big in. Meanwhile, they're horrified because I'll do that. But this is scary. And all I want people to do is be honest with themselves and be willing to do the inner work next to somebody so that you guys can both just blow it out of the water.
0: Yeah. No, I, I love what you're saying, Scott. I want to ca- capture uh, uh, Nellie's comment here. She said, this is an excellent topic. Thank you, Nelly, for that. I appreciate that. And she also goes on to say, she goes, these are good questions, Scott. It's good to examine uh, current existing things, even though it's not an outright negative thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. I mean, Nellie, that's so important. I think every year we should be examining our values and looking at our long-term goals and making sure they're, they're aligned still with who it is that we, we are, mm-hmm. who we're becoming. And then also in those relationships, those intimate relationships we have, and I am raising my hand saying, I do a poor job of this is aligning those goals and those visions with your partner to make sure that you guys are still in line in those things. Because Sometimes we drift apart and then we don't see that for a while. Um, Nellie also says here, she goes, well, the trouble is there's a thin line between a healthy challenge and becoming a controller of another. True. True. We could talk about that. Um, and also Nellie says here, she was, but yes, if we can keep, uh, in a healthy perspective, it's a good thing for couples to challenge each other. Yes. A hundred percent. So here's what I'm going to say about this conversation. I believe that number one, you've said it a few times in this conversation, Scott, truth, truth, Right. When we think about that, and I think about how can we get to the foundational aspect of this conversation for everybody, including myself, to sit there and say, "Okay, maybe what? Maybe I, there's an aspect of me that I need to become clean with that I'm doing this. I'm enabling my spouse. I'm enabling my friends. I'm enabling myself, and maybe the lies that I keep telling myself." And so I think the first thing we have to do. We have to make sure we're getting honest with ourselves. And I'll and I'll share this. You know, everybody knows that I kind of did this, but I quit drinking nearly four months ago. It's been three and a half months, almost three and three quarters months. Not that I'm counting or anything. But one thing I found and. I've written this down in a few places, Scott, is that normally I've quit drinking, which is not a big deal, but I've quit drinking with an end date. This time I just said, I'm just going to quit drinking and see what happens. And one of the things that I've noticed that I've written down a few times is that you can't run from your emotions. You can't run from things that you that you tuck away when you have a few drinks, like, oh yeah, I have a few drinks, everything's fine. We kind of just push it down. we talked here on the show that the fact that we when we deal with our emotions, right, we either suppress them, we repress them, or we express them. Right. Those are the only kind of things. So when I'm thinking about myself, like, oh, I have a couple of drinks, I kind of hit the reset button, you know, what I'm tolerating and everything, which is what I'm going to talk about next as i realized you can't run from the truth when you stop running to your short-term gratification so whatever you guys are out there in in radio land and everything else listening to this what is it that i'm running to am i running to the constant need for shopping and getting that 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 serotonin that that uh, whatever fucking releases that i when i hit the purchase button is it you know running to alcohol or drugs or or netflix or sex or gambling or sports or anything so you're working out whatever it might be Am I doing that because I'm afraid to face what it is that I've got going on in my life? And I think that is really something we can all subscribe to is the fact that we don't sit and think we constantly do, but how often do we really sit and think and and ponder and have perspective and journal and think about these things and honest with ourselves and saying, wow, am I, am I really happy in my marriage? Am I really happy in my job? Am I really happy with the things I'm doing and how I'm treating myself and having that honest conversation, Scott, I think to that point is so valid and so important. And I think that that from that point, when we get honest with ourselves the next part of it, next part of it is thinking about boundaries right when we we're talking about this you know talking about um um uh being there and enabling other people. I think about, okay, I don't have boundaries. Okay. Why is it that I don't have boundaries? Perhaps it's my self-worth. Perhaps it's in a belief that I need to change about something I experienced in my youth that has caused me to have this negative perspective where I have to be a people pleaser. I have to be, you know, I can't be honest with people because I'm afraid to hurt their feelings. And when I've said these things before, people have said, oh, I don't like you anymore. I've lost best friends or I've lost people in my family. So I'm afraid to be honest with people. But I think when we take a step back and before we do our our boundaries, when we realize currently what's our current state, and you've heard me talk about this ad nauseum, and I found it just been so critical, is when we realize what it is that we're tolerating right now. Like, think about this, guys. What am I tolerating for myself? Number one. What do I tolerate from other people? Number two. Number three. What do I tolerate from inanimate, inanimate objects? And when you sit there and you get honest, and again, this all ties together. When you get honest and you write that shit down realize it. go, wow, I never, every every coaching client I've ever done with has always come back to me. I wasn't being honest with myself, Chris. I was not, I did not want to write these things down because I did not want to face reality. And I'm like, okay, when you face reality, what happens? You can't do anything but decide in that moment to either quit running or to keep running. And either that's your choice, but eventually that stuff's going to catch up to you. So as we sit there and we get stronger with eliminating what it is that we're tolerating by having more self-love for ourselves, and then we start creating those boundaries I believe that's a great way of starting that that conversation to say i'm not going to enable it anymore and i'm going to be stronger in my foundation but all at the same time is seeking first to understand from that other person what it is they're going through and how best you can support them because so oftentimes scott we think that we're supporting people in the way that we think they need to be supported but do we ever ask them how can i support you through this you know i, I realize that this is a tough time for you what can i do and say to help you through this what do you think scott
1: so you nailed it i mean the first thing is um, before you even start thinking observe and when you think that you're in yeah. service with somebody else it's kind of like this. It's kind of like saying, I'm going to get a puppy because the puppy needs me. Really what ends up happening is you're getting a puppy because you don't like being alone and you're going to take care of the puppy and that puppy's going to save your life. Yeah. And so it's, 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 it's the same. It's the example because the people, like the person who says, oh, my family couldn't live without me. Like they, they would just be in total disarray. And we see it's usually, you know, a family leader or somebody like, oh, you know, Uncle Steve would be a mess without me. I'll take care of getting him into the nursing home. Oh my God. They went what we're really doing is we're trying to control that which we want to control and we want to game it that we're dealing with others. So realistically, there's there's a trauma that's causing this addiction to control. And again, it's another one of those things that it, it's this is exactly the whole thing. Someone's enabling us and allowing this, first of all, and, and just not saying, hey, stop, worry about your own life. We do not need you. And then you're like the whole world will go to shit without me. Let it let it (laughs) go to shit without you. The whole world, according to the way you think it should be, will go to shit without you. And there's a lot of people who do this. And, you know, it could be a certain let's say, for example, you've got a relationship, you know, a a husband and a wife and the family grows and the kids grow. And now it's a grandma and and a husband. Maybe that grandmother is ultimately you know, controlling. I've got to take care of this. The kids won't be able to do anything without me. The grandkids need me. Um, I can't believe they sent them to that school. I can't believe they do this. All they're trying to do is they're trying to control everything because what? That was their void. They were being enabled back when. They had no control in their life. Maybe they were a middle child. Maybe nobody liked them. They weren't the prettiest. Whatever it is, there's something. They're trying to create a control, and they're looking for control in other people. And so they're, they're really not doing anything in service to somebody else, it's their story. Right. And if, we, if we really wanted to have a real long conversation on this, we could start with the thing I'm always sharing with mission, vision, and identity. So mission, the purpose, the why, is the whole core of who you are. Your vision is this arm, that's all the vehicles that you use to share your brilliance, your mission. So I'm a podcast host, I'm a teacher, a coach, all those things, dad, friend, brother, those are the v- vehicles. Over here is my identity. This is where the mess comes from because that whole identity has been given to me by everybody who's been part of my existence, right? So I'm sitting here, and as that person that I'm talking about, I'm telling a story and creating a story around what I think the world needs based on that identity. So I was told my whole life, oh, those people are bad people because they don't take care of their family. Ding, 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 ding. Mm-hmm. Now, time somebody's got a problem, I got to take care of my family. A real man always does blank. Ding, 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 ding. I gotta yeah. do that. So I don't even know why I think it. It's just in my story. So I'm like, you guys are stupid. Why are you doing that? What's wrong with you? I'll take care of her. You don't understand her. I do. And we're just babbling, making shit up. And here's the reality. You said it. Stop and observe, and start to think. Yeah. And start to think. And I know it's scary. And I know it's it's crazy. But the reason people are getting divorced. The reason people are maybe taking their life the reason people have deep depression the reason people are running to different ways to anesthetize is because they have not taken this chance to observe re-examine their identity and have a deep willingness to shift it and create a real identity on your own not one somebody else gave to you and those people who are taking the challenge and doing it feel lost so if Mm -hmm. you're one of those people who got divorced If you're one of those people who quit drinking, if you're one of those people who left the job you didn't like, if you're one of these people who changed your kid's schooling because you didn't believe in the public school system or the other school system, whatever. If you did something that was a big shift, stop and understand you made a wise choice in shifting your identity, but now continue to step into that observer space and now figure out what that identity needs to look like. And I shouldn't say need, what that identity really will become once you unveil your reality.
0: Right. Yeah. It's all, it's all going to be, it's all going to be something that's, that's flux and in motion. I think that's the thing that, that so many people struggle with is that adaptability, that flexibility, that, oh God, Mm -hmm. it needs to be like this because you said that word earlier, Scott, and I wanted to want to identify that, that need for control, that need for certainty, right? When we think about the things that we do and Tony Robbins talks about this, that need for certainty, and mm-hmm. so oftentimes that becomes a part of our autopilot, right? The autopilot is for me to be certain. Once everything's certain, once everything's predictable, once I got everything figured out, then I can relax. Then I can feel, okay. We've all said that. We've all know people that, that say those things. But I think for us, yeah. it's that it's that 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 cognizance, that awareness. You know, first for us to be aware of the situation that we're in through the honesty. The next the next situation is accepting it, right? And so oftentimes we don't want to accept it. We want to blame. We want to bitch, piss and moan. We want to we don't want to accept the situation. I've been telling people there's five words five words. It is what it is, right? When we sit there and we get honest, here's here's the deal. I just was honest with myself. I'm not happy in my relationship. I'm not happy in my marriage. What am I going to do about it? It is what it is. It's not going to change. It hasn't changed. I got to stop blowing fucking smoke up my ass. What, what is it that I need to do? Have I spoken to my partner about this? Do they know that I feel this way? No. And because then the excuse that people said, well, they should know is bullshit, Right. Okay. Uh, So first and foremost, foremost, I need to have a fucking conversation with my spouse and I need to go in it with the right attitude. Okay. What kind of attitude should I have? Okay. Perhaps there's something that I'm doing because we never take into consideration that we could be the problem. Maybe it's something that I'm doing that's causing that person to have those feelings and emotions, which I've found out in more cases than not, Scott, when I fixed the problem that I was causing that they didn't have the balls to tell me about, guess what? It fixed the problem that I had with them. And there was no awareness for it. So then you got two people who are enabling the situation or another way of calling it, which I think about in this terms of the conversation is passive aggressive, passive aggressiveness, right? Well, there's a little bit of truth in the jokes and everything else. And that's the way we, we express a little bit of our frustrations. Otherwise, what happens if we keep suppressing it, it blows up. And that's what I, that's what I live in. I can say that publicly because my wife will agree with that. She said, and suppresses and blah, 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 blah. And then she, boom. And then I find out about all the things that I did wrong in the last two years. Usually it's about two years. Oh, remember that time you did this? I never said anything. And then I said, and then she'll say, "Oh, I'm sorry. I should have told you about this. I know I do this to you all the time. And I feel so bad about that. And it sucks. And I sit there and okay, well, listen, moving forward, can we do this? And so in my personal situation, if I've experienced that too many times, then what do I need to do? I need to sit there and say, okay, you said you're going to change and you haven't. But if I continue to enable it and I continue getting the same outcomes Damn. and I'm mad at anybody but myself, that's the situation that we can't sit there and go, it's still their fault. It's like, no, it's my fault. I haven't communicated to that person. If they don't understand what it is that they're doing because I don't have the balls, then I need to point that finger at myself. We need to take accountability and responsibility, right? So so
1: you just brought up something beautiful, okay? Thank now, you. There, what you just said, I'm sure there are a lot of men out there who go, oh, my God, you just totally described I mean, oh, there's, yeah. I mean there, there's stereotypes that have a lot of truth to them. You know, a lot of women will just be like, I, I think they're um, non, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Non-confrontational. Yeah. Well, a lot well, of women don't want confrontation. So they'll go, I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to say anything. And then you brought up the beautiful point. You don't know me by now. You don't. And and this is what the other partner does. Oh, uh, you know, nobody said anything. Nobody said anything. Nobody said anything. Nobody said an explosion. So what about this? What if you have a team meeting? every week or every two weeks and just say, is there anything that went into the bank of you know expansion that's gonna blow up in the near future? And even if it seems minuscule right now, let's keep it minuscule so we can talk about over dinner and yeah. not over a chair flew across the room fight in three months.
0: <laughs> exactly. Yeah, not Which when it becomes a period. reactionary situation because yeah. you got your period right. or something exactly. else. Like, and, yeah, no.
1: And here's the thing, there's nothing wrong with that. Like, like offering like everybody in the situation grace somebody who does not want confrontation okay that again is is it
0: doesn't have to be confrontational that's the thing it's not confrontational unless you make it confrontational. if it becomes confrontational then we need to rewire
1: confrontation i think there's a definition of confrontation too confrontation is not a bad thing it's two people confronting each other what comes Mm -hmm. next is the issue when people who have a bad connotation of confrontation we think it turns into throwing chairs and it's crazy no it could be Hey, Kim, why did, why did you do that thing that I told you two months ago drives me crazy? Oh, I didn't even realize I did it. Well, I, I, I'm hurt. I'm upset. Now, what What we do? We wait and I go, that's the third motherfucking time you did that. <laughs> you don't care about me? Like, what yeah. would you F? And mm-hmm. that's how a lot of us go because we go, I don't want to go through this again. I don't want to go through this again. So you don't want to say the same things again and again. But here's the reality. Mm-hmm. When we're numb, because especially, don't forget this. The reason we do so much shit at home that's wrong is as we grow up and as we awaken and we get off autopilot, sometimes the autopilot comes home. You're driving the vehicle and you're like, I'm going to be the big me. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And then you come home and you're tired and you're like, can you do the thing again that pisses off yourself? <laughs> because you just were exhausted. And so you you leave the bath mat on the floor and it's all wet. You didn't put the towel in the right place. You didn't do the dishes at night instead of the morning, whatever the thing is, <laughs> it, it's not intentional. Right. But the right. thing is, we've got to sit here and figure out, are you doing this to piss me off? And the, the answer is ne- no one's ever doing it. To piss you off. The byproduct was pissed off. So here's the thing. Do you want to do the dishes for me at night? When I say I can't do it, can I get like a one get out of jail free card and then we're good. Um, if I forget something, what's a kind way to say, Hey, did you forget about the bath mat? My bad versus, Oh, we don't do bath mats now, and so, <laughs> but we're, we're, we're all going to laugh because we know exactly how it works. We all do it and we get triggered because we go to autopilot at home. So a couple things, first and foremost, maybe make scheduled meetings to read the release valves. So maybe every, if you guys do date night, maybe the first 10 minutes of every other date night, if you do it on Wednesdays, is decompression time. Yeah. What are we about to explode on and then laugh about it, then have a drink right after and laugh at how silly you are as humans? I mean, Kim and I have been getting much better at this because what I'm sharing right now is we're two people who were pretty freaking good at coming in healed in many ways. But then yeah. we have our codependency potential that we're enabling behaviors and we're healing those now. That's why I'm sharing this, because I know it's possible. But there's moments where it's like you want to have the conversation around you like, man, we really are stuck in, the, in our ways. Like it's hard to shift gears. And you know what mm. happened if you ever like in different places, you'd, you'd miss the other person so much and instantly be able to fix it. But when you're side by side and exhausted, it's hard to do it. Mm. But it's worth it.
0: Yes, it is it is it is i want to i want to capture uh let's see i want to say also that uh nelly says here dang scott that's so spot on she also said here she's digging the conversation she says yes chris exactly it starts with fixing what with what is in us that's why i always tell people that um i love what she says here she says so true so true scott Conditioned thinking and bad teaching creates controlling people and enablers too big time and she uh she says here also this is why I'm not in a relationship because of that shit, All that right. shit right there. Yeah, it's right. always something, LOL. Yeah, it could always be something. It depends on who it is that you're, that you're, that you're around. But one of the things that I wanna just get, share here with you guys is that something I found online it, it, that says that it's characteristics of an enabler. And I thought we could share these with people so that you, perhaps people can sit there and go, okay, do I identify identify with that? And perhaps we could pick a few of these apart. But uh, number one is, that, is ignoring uh, or tolerating the prob- problematic behavior. We've talked about that tonight um, providing financial assistance. Um, it says here, it says there are often no harm in helping out a loved one financially from time to time. If, if your, per, if your personal finances allow for it, but they tend to use money recklessly, impulsively, or on things that could easily cause harm, Regularly giving them money that the Canadian will enable this p- behavior. Um, so we've got that number three, covering from them or making excuses, um, taking on more than your share of the responsibilities. I'm sure there's plenty of people that can identify with that. Um, I've helped coach a lot of people out of that situation. We're like, you know, they'll never do it. They'll never do it. They'll never make their own lunches. I'm like, the they'll, they'll make their own lunches when they go to school or work without lunch. Guess what? They'll make it up. No worries. Number five, avoiding the issue. We just talked about that. You know, sometimes we sweep it under the rug. Oh, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. And then something happens It goes poof, I guess it wasn't fine. Um, again, that ties in with number six, brushing things off. You know, again, we can't, we can't sit there and go, oh, okay, I'll deal with it later. I deal with it later. I can't. Do it right now they're going through this they're going through that I can't I can't bother them with another thing right now that's ridiculous denying the problem this goes hand in hand with what we said before uh sacrificing or struggling to recognize your own needs I think that's something we could talk about Scott yeah exactly. um let's talk about that because we talked about the fact that you know in this in these conversations that we have one of the primary things we've identified is the the fact that, that people are miserable because they don't love themselves and they're so busy trying to make other people love them or validate them and I think that's what we see in that enabler situation is that we don't want to upset anybody because we're afraid of uh, that loss, right? When I'm honest with people, something bad happens. So I got to keep that within myself. I don't want to become petty. I don't want to make excuses. I don't want to do all these things. What can we get people to do to kind of so, sat there and realize that it's not being selfish when, the, when they're making a statement about what it is that they need, it's not ridiculous. And that that person, if they're constantly saying that, that to you, that might be a question for that person to say, is that person, the person I really need in my life?
1: This is the best question without a doubt. For this whole show and we all need to super focus on this because so first and foremost right this is a a bigger question than i think we even realize because oh, yeah. first of all we got to determine <laughs> no we got to determine are those needs that needs actually where are those needs coming from
0: mm-hmm. and and
1: that's where i'd like to start with this because you know we can go to maslow's hierarchy of needs like uh do i need to be fed do i need to be taken care of do i need to have you know a social circle do i need to be you know validated um, you know, assisted in some way to get to a space of self-actualization, those needs are all fine and dandy, but then we come to our perceived needs, our egoic needs. So maybe I just say, um, I need to go out with my friends. Okay. Well, how many nights, um, what are you doing while you're out with your friends? And I'm asking these questions, honestly, because what if there's two partners saying, you know, I never get to go out with my friends. Cool. All right. So that sounds great. So are you going to play basketball once a week and go golfing on Fridays and have a few beers on Sunday and go fishing in the morning? Or are you right. just going to get like shithoused and go cheat on the spouse? And, and I'm being very honest with you because this is where I listen to. I hear this a lot. And this is, you know, being a coach. Well, I need that. Okay, well, you need, it sounds like you need to be a, a shitty person to, you know, stand, like you, you're, you're making things up. You're saying, right. I really want that. So I would really sit down with your, your spouse or your significant other and ask, what are these needs that you really need?
0: So I would say like a real need would be- And then awesome. dig deep into that. Dig, dig, like, what's that? Why? What is that? Positive okay, space. why do you need why to have need that space? What's that? What does that mean? Oh, that reminds me yeah. of my dad. Okay, why does it, you know, dig into that stuff, guys. Because like, see, th-
1: these are <clears> some real needs that I would I would hear from a coaching client. Um, I need to have more guy time where I have deep conversation. Shit, yeah, absolutely. So how many hours? What does that look like? When do you do it? And that's where you negotiate so you have time. I want to go out on Saturdays. We can do it over golf. Then there's two birds with one stone So I like got buddies who want to play sports too. Perfect. Can we do that every other week? So you're not taking all the weekends. Great. Um, I need to go out and dance more because when I dance, it really makes me come to life. And honestly, sometimes as an older woman, I feel miserable and I, I just don't feel in love with myself anymore. And I feel in love with myself when I dance. Well so shit, you do need that.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Go do it, baby. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. Or um I I need to be taken out and shown off more. Cool. So, you know, you might be saying, oh, well, like, you don't love yourself enough. Listen, you know, as we get older, there's real effects on the body. There's perimenopause, menopause, you know, yeah. men are feeling certain ways. If a woman wants to go and be shown off to feel good or wear it, dressed up, there's nothing wrong with that. If they say that's a need, like run with that and enjoy that. But also...
0: And what encourage it. Encourage that stuff, man. Let your wife go out and be. Let your husband go out and be. They need to be that own, their own person. My wife's I'm, in Vegas right now. She just landed twenty minutes ago with her sister. She's going to Adele. Have a fucking blast, baby. You deserve it. Like, go enjoy. I'll see you yeah. Sunday. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. And so those things
1: are the things that I, we need to do. And and like we always talk about, don't just send the person off and body the belief that you want this for them as much as they want it. And there's a beautiful energy that's going to happen. And that goes back to the first thing, two very solid people coming together and being together. That person can go do that thing. You do your your thing. When you come back together, you remember even more so why you're together. And there's such an amazing beauty. Now, if you're somebody who's an enabler or a codependent or anything like that, when you leave each other, you feel hollow. So you might come running back and almost feel like, oh, my God, I'm so glad I see you again. But a lot of times there's anger and animosity. Like, what were you doing? What'd you do? I felt empty. I, I hated being a little. And, and it feels very gross. Right. So again, empower the other person to share their needs with you. Figure out which ones make the most or make sense and are reasonable. And, and really check that. Because I'm just watching more and more people who are uh, asking for a lot and not realizing how much they're asking for. And they're comp- compromising the integrity of the other person.
0: And then what happens? And then what happens? You start. You you take worse care of yourself. You talk to yourself worse. It becomes that whole self vicious cycle until what? What something some someday will happen. And that's why I've been telling people, Scott is is as far as like solutions. Is I ask people like, when will you've had enough? Like people are telling me, they're like, well, and they do this. They do this whether it's a coworker, a boss, a business partner, a spouse, a kid. And then 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 I ask them one question. I said, so tell me, Scott, when do you think you're going to have had enough of this? Yeah. And they look at me and like, mm. I'm like, because someday, one of these days, you're going to have had enough. Something yeah. is going to happen at this rate. Based on what you're telling me, you're going to get to a point that if not solved, you're going to explode and it's going to be a messy situation. So I want you to describe to me what is it going to take for that to happen? And then that person thinks that they're, well, I guess it got to this and it got to that and it got to that. And I'm like, okay, so what are you going to do to allow that to happen? Or are you going to decide in this moment right now that you're not going to tolerate, or that you're going to set up some boundaries, you're going to be honest with yourself, and you're going to communicate these situations to your partner, or your spouse, so you can start solving it. And is it going to be perfect? No. Are they going to get it right the first time? No. Is it going to suck? Yes. But as long as you guys keep communicating and, and having love and affection for one another and, and understanding that that person is trying to do something to change that, that perhaps they've been doing for 20 years or 30 years or 10 years or whatever, cut them some slack. You know, at least that they're trying and they're genuinely want to be there for you. That's the right partner to have. Now, when you have a partner and you bring something up to them, they go, oh, my God, you're being so stupid. You're being so ridiculous. How petty of you? Then you need to say, you know what? Maybe this isn't something we can handle on our own. Would you be willing to go to marriage counseling? Would you be willing to yep. go to couples counseling? And if that person tells you to get bent or get fucked or I'm not going to do that. Then you have another question to ask yourself. When do you believe you've had enough? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. And and, and these, are, these are shitty real questions.
1: And then there's the, you bring up another valid point because let's say, for example, two people who have been enabling one another in, in some way or allowing and uh, tolerating in some way and that's another good word to add to this show it should be enabling and tolerating because in one sense you're enabling the other sense you're tolerating so you're tolerating to a point that maybe a marriage counselor is is a good idea because you're not able to communicate with each other effectively at that point
0: i was there i'll raise my hand my wife and i've been in marriage counseling three times three different times over 20 over 22 years of being together i'm not ashamed i'm I'm proud of that there's there's nothing
1: to be ashamed about at all and then the second piece is marriage counseling is one thing but then you got to go to the individual so do you do an individual therapy therapy combined with coaching just coaching just therapy and i'll tell you i've i've watched this play out because the marriage counseling thing sometimes is a quick stop the bleeding and offer an understanding of how to reintroduce communication or you know maybe something mm-hmm. something so that you can look at things a little differently and just stop the constant pattern It doesn't mean you're going to get rid of the pattern it means you can kind of stop and observe it for a minute and go all right this isn't making sense now you got to decide what to do with it that's where individual therapy would come in or coaching and and you know again this is what we do for a living there's there's nobody i've ever met that would not benefit from coaching you know I, i get people all the time like oh what do you do like i don't you know i don't really have any problems that i don't really need that and i've had people walk away halfway through a program And they're like, yeah, I'm not really as messed up as I thought I was. And I'm just (laughs) laughing. I'm laughing because Chris knows the smack dab minimum. minimum. First of all, my program is, first of all, amplifying your existence. The whole first half is waking up. You don't really do any of the work. So the second half, and I'm like, what's really happening here is the person's subconscious mind is going alert, alert, alert. I don't want to change. I want to stay in my own bullshit. I want to tolerate my own shit because it's comfortable and it feels certain. No, 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 no. And if that's you, here's what happens on your deathbed. We already know. You're gonna die with lots of resentment and wish you did it differently. It's a guarantee. You're gonna look back and say, I wish I did it differently. I wish I grew. I wish I changed. I wish I evolved. It's going to happen. So, you know, I don't even care who your coach is. I don't care who your therapist is. If you like somebody else, go do whatever, but please do yourself a favor and and go get the person that's gonna hold up the mirrors for you so you see yourself more clearly. So you elevate to the best version of yourself. That's always existed underneath, but hasn't, hasn't blossomed yet because you haven't allowed it to. And, mm-hmm. and I, I beg, I want that for you. I don't care who you do it. Just do it.
0: Mm-hmm. I want you to also talk about this. I was telling us helping somebody else out with this the other day. I stole it from you and I gave you credit, but talk to them about team. Like, and I told this to somebody and they were like, I have none of that. And I'm like, and how's that working out for you? Be honest. Like, you know, and I told him my story, like I, I, before I had a team, sure. I was getting shit done, but what was taking me seven years could have taken me one year. So I was getting it done and I was, but I was having fun doing it I taught myself Adobe Photoshop instead of like spending, you know, five bucks on Fiverr. Talk to us about (laughs) having that team in our life too, because so many people are either doing it maybe with one person or nobody in their corner.
1: Yeah. So I'm, so I'm a big fan of, you know, we always hear that bootstrap thing, stand up, do things on your own, rise up, be resilient. And resiliency is definitely a real thing. In it, and there's an internal piece of it. Like to be resilient, like I've got to start by wanting on my own. But then once I elevate, look at why people live to be over 100 years old. You go to the blue zones, the blue zones like Sardinia, Okinawa, um, Costa Rica, you know, areas of um, Montezuma, Santa Teresa, a place like that. Those blue zones, people are bringing the right inputs in. Um, As far as food and, you know, taking walks on the beach and all that. But the big thing that they always talk about is connection. And so connection is where the team comes in. It's connection. It's show up and have a coffee with somebody, um, provide your brilliance, you know, hey, this is what you want to do with your garden. Or it's just quick, little just connection. It's me sharing my brilliance and my value with the world around me. And how that starts is you've got to have a team. And so when you practice that connection, you actually want to be selfish in a sense and have somebody that re, that fills the T, the E, the A, and the M of team. And I like redundancy in all areas. So somebody you can trust. And that person has to be the person I always joke around. They pull up with a body in the trunk and they go, let's go. And you're like, okay. You just trust that person. No questions asked. Exactly. You know, uh, maybe it shouldn't go that far, but have that person you can trust. Um, so much so that when you tell them the craziest idea in the world, they don't make fun of you. They don't laugh at you. They just listen. Yes. And they're there to support you. And redundancy in that space is is valuable because you just always want a second string player in every every area. The next one is the energizer. That's that crazy friend you've got who goes, "Bro, yes, what a great idea! You got to do it, man!" And he's like doing jumping jacks and whatever. Um, that's your cheerleader. And and it doesn't matter even if your idea makes no sense or the thing you want to do doesn't make sense. You know when you just feel like shit and you're down, and you're like, "I just can't go on." That person calls you and they just say something that. It doesn't even make sense, right? But they feel good, and they're there for you. You got to They're almost like a a human puppy. <laughs> you want a human puppy, so you get your trust person. You yeah, you just want the and they even jump on your leg and hump your leg too. You want that guy. <laughs> and then, and then uh, you want me and my cousin Ned. There you go. You want Ned the leg humper. You want that guy. And then the A, the accountability person, the one that we want to dodge like crazy. You know, that friend that calls up and goes, yeah, you said you were going to write the book. Yeah, you said you're going to finish this up. You said you were going to do the show. You said you were going to take that trip. And you're like, yeah, but, and they go, okay, tell me your excuses. And the person's going to just call you out on this stuff. And that person's super important. And then, again, I hear people say they're not a good friend if they're not somebody who holds you accountable. They're not a good friend if they don't do this. No, no, no. People can hold a different role in your life and be really good at it. You can have the energizer friend, the accountable friend, the super trustworthy friend. And then the next one isn't necessarily a friend, but it's somebody who's super important, the mentor. And what I learned is I had a big belief that a mentor was that person. I'm like, oh, my God, they're just the best at everything. I believe in their integrity, their business skills, the, the belief spiritually, all of it. And I kept getting let down because I had two or three people. I'm like, I love everything they do here, but I don't like them here. And so I kept quitting on mentors, totally had it all backwards. Your mentor needs to be one-dimensional. Don't even listen or look at what they do in the rest part of their life, other parts of life. You have a business mentor. They're successful in business, just follow that part of them. Right. If they're somebody who's the spiritual mentor and when you listen to them, you're like, I feel at peace, I feel zen, the tools you give me. Ah, oh, yes, let that person be your mentor. If it's somebody who, relationship mentor, you know, you're know, you sitting, you're saying, how have you been together for 50 years? And every little bit of information they give you just feels like, Damn, that's some wisdom.
0: Like a warm oh, hug.
1: Yeah, it could mm. be like, you know, maybe shut, maybe just shut up and stop arguing. You're like, oh, that actually makes a lot of sense. If I'm gonna be with them forever, maybe I should just shut up on this one. Choose mm. your battles. So again, E A M, multiple mentors and different uh, you know, uh, specifics, accountability, energizer team, uh, trust person, just make sure you build that because. First and foremost, if you want to live to 100, you want to connect wisely and you want to have a, a vehicle by which to live to be 100. And that's going to be this vehicle. It's got to be one that's connecting and staying energized and not just, again, the energizer is not the person that energizes it. It's all of them. All of them do it. So
0: Hope will mm-hmm. useful. Well said, well said, dude. When I was thinking about this, I'm like, I got to have Scott talk about team because I mean, it is so, so important. Like when I think about the people I've coached in my life and I think about my own personal life, you know, if I, I was sitting there thinking today, like if if I had to write a book today, what would it be about and who would it be to, and it would be to my son and it would be all of the life lessons I've learned now, nearly 55 years old. And just thinking about how many of those are really about, you know, what we've been talking about here tonight. You know, we talk about, you know, books that are, they're amazing. The four agreements right? When we sit down, we get, we get serious about the four agreements. We get impeccable with our word. We stop taking things personal, right? We achieve to do our best, right? Um, I can't remember what the other one is right now. I'm I'm trying to, I always draw a blank on one of them, but the point is this, when we sit there and we focus and we get intentional about our lives and where we're at today, right? We talked about that awareness. We talked about the acceptance. The next thing is to take action. The thing that we want to do is inspire you guys to really consider where it is that you're at in your journey and the level of, of, I guess, contentment that you might have with the legacy that you're leaving. Perhaps if you leave tomorrow, perhaps if you leave in a couple of weeks, will you be happy with the actions and the choices that you're making today? Are you creating the legacy today that's gonna help enable you to be remembered when you're gone? And I think that's something that we all strive to do. We strive to think that we're going to be forgotten when we're gone. And the best way we can not be forgotten is is by leaving a mark in people's lives to sit there and say, man, I wish Scott was here for right now to to give me advice on this. I wish Chris was here right now to make me laugh. I wish Kim was right here right now to to, to do yoga, whatever it might be. We got to be living those, those days intentionally right now. It's not someday. There's no someday on a calendar and there will come a time where our time comes up. And I was just listening to somebody the other day. It was really, really great. Um, It's in this book that I'm listening to. It's called the comfort crisis, the comfort crisis. It's an incredible book. I highly recommend it to all you guys. So you've had a couple of book recommendations in here, the comfort crisis. And then that t- talks it about the fact that, you know, the ultimate reality of the joy of life is when we get outside of our comfort zones, when we push ourselves to, to become oh, yeah. our best and we go to sleep oh, yeah. Feeling that 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 you know that we've done the work that we've made those uncomfortable decisions for our best interest, and when I see people do that, and you see it all the time too, Scott, it's one of the greatest things to see somebody owning and yeah. take responsibility for their life to be in that space, and that's what we encourage you guys to do. So if you came into this conversation anywhere in between, not at the beginning, go back and listen to this from the beginning and take notes and create three action items that you can do by which doing so will help alleviate that stress in your overwhelm in your life and help create some space for you to be who you need to be because you deserve to be that.
1: Yeah.
0: Final words, Mr. Scott.
1: No, I love every last bit of it. And, you know, the, the big thing for all of us is this. In this present moment, we know we're eternal beings, right? We know we're eternal beings, but we're living right now. And as you just said, you know, like if you lose somebody or they're not here, I just had this weird, like I do daydreams all the time where I actually daydream, think it's reality, and I come back. Um, I don't <laughs> know if that's the strangest of me. And so I was just imagining like, what if Kim was not here? What if she left? I was already thinking of how I would celebrate her and constantly remind Kayla of how amazing it was that we had such an amazing woman in our life. And I would celebrate it. And, and yeah, of course, like, holy crap, like you don't have your wife, like that's gonna mess me up, like no question. But I was seeing the other side of it and seeing like, holy shit, we had in our life. What can we do to become everything she was? And I was already- exactly. Like I was already like living it. And that comes from a place where I can honestly tell you, I live in a massive, massive space of gratitude. I mean, I'm not speaking it. I'm not discussing it. I'm embodying the shit out of it. I wake up every single day and say, you've got to be kidding me. This is my real life. I own this house. I own another house. I own a bunch of stuff. I get to teach people. I get to coach people. I get to empower people, inspire people. This is this is a pretty damn good dream and I'm loving it. And so when somebody comes or somebody goes every moment, I'm taking huge snapshots and I'm bringing in every bit of information that helps amplify me and those around me and just becoming better in every moment. And that's all I'm going to be and do. And I'm, I'm good with that. And I feel really good in this existence with that, even though I'm sick and I'm yeah. going to go to sleep right after this. And I'm sick. <laughs> but I still love this planet.
0: Yeah. Yes. Thank you for showing up, brother. I appreciate you. And I, and I, I think those are wise words to end the broadcast on. So if you guys have got value out of this conversation, which we know you have, please share this out. And we ask you to share it out for, not from a vanity standpoint, but when you got, if you got value out of this, which we're pretty sure you did there's other people out here who are struggling. So when you share this on your social media and you say, Hey, by the way, we just I just watched this conversation. And here's a couple of things that I got out of that help other people in your circle of influence, perhaps understand what it is that you're experiencing, create a connection with those people, because sometimes people may think that you've got it all together. And that you're all that in a bag of chips, when inside, we're all screwed up. And we all have situations that we're dealing with. And I found in my life, the more I was honest and transparent and vulnerable, the bigger, the deeper, the better the connections I had with the people in my life, the new people that Came into my life thinking they were judging me from being a different way because that's their assumption of me and they got to understand who I really was, the deepness of those relationships. Go out there and do that for yourself, guys. You get one life. One, we get one. And I just heard the statistic the other day and I can't even remember it, but how many, one in several hundred million of being here and having this experience of being alive, and so many people are out there wasting it thinking that one day it's going to happen. Today is the day, and the teachers have shown up for you guys. So go and apply some of the things that we've applied in here. Let us know what it is that we can do to continue to help you on that journey. Scott and I are doing these solo shows now, so you guys can indicate what the conversation is going to be next week. Go to unfilteredexperience.com, join the Facebook community. We have a group in there. Uh, let us know what what conversations you would like us to have, and we'll have them here on the show. And together we can all work on our stuff. We can all continue to expand and grow and change and level up because I know for me, Scott, when I when I've continued to surround myself. Self with people like yourself and Jock and Walt and all these amazing, you know, Sally and Patricia and all these beautiful people in my life, I continue to level up. There's just, there's, there's no doubt about it. When you continue to rise with the people who are rising and doing the stuff that you want to do and you aspire to do, and you continue to make sure you're, 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 you got that circle of influence around you, the people that will tell you the truth and be honest with you. It's pretty incredible what you can achieve, but more importantly, it's pretty incredible how you can enjoy that achievement as you're doing it. That's mm-hmm. the thing guys live in the moments, enjoy the moments. We're going to be back here next Friday night, 5 PM Pacific standard time. In the meantime, go check us out on podcasts. We've been doing this now. This is our hundredth and something or other episode. I think it's our hundred and how many? Oops. Um, we have done 147 episodes of this show just of the unfiltered experience. We did the Friday night live show before that. So we've been doing it for a while. Go take us with you in podcast form. Listen to the past shows. Again, apply the principles that we have talked about with these amazing uh, guests that we've had on Jimmy Dennis's and the Patricia Geigas of the world and the unstoppable Tracy's and the Paul Nadal's and all the, all the beautiful people we've had on the show. Apply those things every single day of your life, guys. Take that in perfect action. And it, it's incredible what it is that you can achieve. And we wanna see you guys achieve that because our ultimate goal is to make this world a better place. We want people to go love now. We want people to be unstoppable. So. Encourage you guys to go out there and share this shit out join us here next week and we're going to continue these conversations with you and uh, we just love the pieces out of you so go out there and be brilliant enjoy your moments And we'll see you here next time on the unfiltered experience